welcome to the Life Church podcast. We are here to help people experience a life-changing relationship with Jesus. We hope you were blessed with this message from our lead pastor, Zion Douglas, recorded live from Palmerston North, New Zealand. Enjoy. This morning, I want to press into that a little bit more today by speaking on seven sayings of a worshipper. Seven sayings of a worshipper. And I've only got a few more minutes left. I've only got 18 minutes. So this morning we're going to have part one because we're not going to get through all seven sayings. And uh, next Sunday we're going to move into a part two of seven sayings of a worshipper. But if you've got your Bible, how about you open it up to Psalm 63. Psalm 63. And this is a Psalm of David, a Psalm of David when he was in the desert of Judah. And it says this from verse one, you God are my God. Earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in this sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. Verse four, I will praise you as long as I live. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. Verse five, I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Let me pray. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for every person, Lord, that can hear my voice. I just pray, Lord, would your Holy Spirit come, Lord, and and impact us and penetrate our spirits, Lord God. We need you. We need you in this moment. I pray, Lord God, that you make the dead come alive in Jesus' name. Those, Lord God, that need a touch, would you give that to them in Jesus' name. We all said, Amen. Who watched the All Blacks last night? Who didn't watch the All Blacks but wants to watch it this afternoon so doesn't want me to ruin the score? Ah, I heard at least three people. God bless you. You know, church, a declaration is a powerful thing. I think whenever you hear somebody give a declaration or or, or say something from from the depths of within them, it's such a powerful thing. But I think even more powerful than a declaration from a, from a strong man on top of a mountain is a weak man in a dry desert that refuses to give up. Even more powerful than a man that has it all together, even more powerful than somebody or, or, or a woman that, that, that is, is completely okay, more powerful than that is a weak man that is just refusing to give up. I think everybody remembers Braveheart and or most of the people here this morning, if you're over about 15 years old, you probably know what the movie Braveheart is. And even if you haven't actually seen the movie Braveheart, has anybody not seen the movie Braveheart? I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand. Even if you haven't seen the movie Braveheart, I think we, can, we, we would all know the climax of the film. William Wallace comes to the end of the film, and I'm not going to ruin it for you, but pretty much when he is at his end, he gives a great shout at the top of our, his lungs so that everybody would hear. What did he shout? Freedom! Freedom! That's right, Mr. Tangersley. That is exactly what he yells. And it's a powerful thing because even though he is at his ends, he still is defiant and will still declare what is deep within him. The amazing thing about the scripture is that David didn't just find himself in a desert physically. 
He found himself, and this psalm talks about how he, he, he actually wrote this while he was exiled in the desert. But, 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 notice, but notice, what he, notice what he says. He says he wasn't thirsting for water. David was thirsting for more of God. He wasn't, he wasn't thirsting for something in the physical realm. He was thirsting for something that is even more satisfying than the water that enters your mouth and quenches your thirst. He was thirsty. He was, he was, he was desperate for an encounter, a touch from God. And this morning, I want to encourage you, if you feel like you're living in a spiritual desert, your answer this morning is to worship Jesus. If you feel that way, maybe this year has been a long year for you. Maybe you've, you've gone through a lot of challenges. Maybe you've lost your job or maybe you've had a bad report or maybe just the pressures of life have just become more and more pronounced on your shoulders. I want you to know that this morning your answer is to worship our Heavenly Father. Your answer is to worship our God. Your answer is to give Him praise. Your answer is that even though you're surrounded by a desert, even though a desert lives within you, I want you to worship Jesus this morning. Can I get an amen? amen? I know in my life I've allowed my flesh and my feelings to limit my worship when what I really know that I need is an encounter with the living God. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, how you can be so, you, you know what you need. You know what you need more of. You know what you need to do. You know that you need to worship God. You know that you need an encounter with the living God. You know because you've tried to read the books and you've tried to kind of have the time out. You've gone away for that two-week holiday. You know you've tried all of those things, but really when it comes back to it, we all know that we need a touch from heaven, but it's usually the last thing that we try to do. The psalmist says in Psalm 73, 26, my flesh and my heart may fail. I think the psalmist should have written, my flesh and my heart will fail. Amen. <laughs> my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Can I get an amen? I'm sure many of you today could take that verse and apply it, apply it to your own life. Uh, someone here could say, I've had, I've had a 60 hour or 80 hour working week, but, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I'm sure somebody else could say it's only 54 days until Christmas and I am stressed out of my mind. There is too much to do. But, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Maybe, maybe you were saying this morning, you know, I, I, I haven't seen my family in months. Maybe they're overseas and all I want to do is be with them. And really it's just causing such great anxiety, not knowing what the future holds because of coronavirus. But, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. We need to know that worship isn't just a, a nice thing that we do when we're feeling good. Worship is a weapon for all seasons of life. Who knows that, that, wor that worship doesn't change with the season. It's not like when we're coming up to summer that we don't need worship anymore. Worship is something that you need in your summers. You need your worship in your, wor in your, in your winters. You need worship in every season of life. And David's first response on one of the best days of his life, the most amazing moments in David's life, you know what his response was. You know what his declaration was. You know what, that came, you know what came out of his spirit and his mouth. It was worship to God. In 2 Samuel 6, David danced before the Lord with all his might. You might know the story. He danced before the Lord with all his might because the Israelites, he had led his men to take back the ark of the Lord, which signifies the, 
which was the presence of God in those days, they brought it back into Jerusalem and he couldn't contain himself. He was just overjoyed that he couldn't help but just dance and sing and worship the Lord. But even on one of the worst days, one of the worst days of his life, David still worshiped the Lord. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, just a few chapters after, David's baby boy, David's baby boy died. And David was so distressed, he had prayed, he had fasted, he had, he had sought the Lord, and he called out for the life of his baby boy, but his baby boy still died. And the interesting thing is, is that you'd, you'd think that in that moment, David would just implode. But look at what he does. In 2 Samuel 12, he, 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 in verse 20, it says, He washed himself, put lotions on his body, changed his clothes, and went into the house of the Lord to worship. Isn't that an amazing thing? And David was a man after God's own heart. And even at the best of times and the worst of times, his declaration, all that came out of his spirit was to say, I will still worship. You got to know, church, that his grace is enough for you. Whatever you're facing right now, whatever you're in the middle of right now, his grace is enough for what you're facing. If God puts you in it, he will grace you to get through it. Amen. When I am weak, guess what? He is strong. I want someone to write this down this morning. When I don't feel like worshiping is when my worship matters most. I'll say that again, just because I know you didn't get your pen out in time. But I want you to write this down. When, my, when I don't feel like worshiping is when my worship matters most. I'm going to say that just for the person that put their uh, fingers in their ears just so they couldn't listen to me in that moment. When... When I don't feel like worshiping is when my worship matters most. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen person. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're chosen. There was a little bit of conviction in that. Amen. Amen. Next week you'll be. But you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Amen. God's special position, but hear this, that you may declare the praises of Him. That you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of, the, out of darkness into His wonderful light. Come on, this needs to be a church. We need to be a people that no matter what season we're in, no matter what we're facing, we can still declare how good our God is. Amen. We need worshipers who would declare the goodness of God through it all, through it all. So when you come to church on a, on a Sunday morning and the worship begins, you know that moment you're saying, by the third song, I'm going to be into it. By the time they get to the hymn that I know that they're going to do because Cody's on and he always chooses good songs or when, when Charlene is on, you just know, oh, wow, this is going to be a moment. There is going to be a moment. Or when Rachel's leading worship, you just say, we're going straight up to the throne room and it's going to be incredible. You just, you just know. And by the third song or the fourth song, you know it's just going to hit and then everything is going to be amazing. But let's be a church. We don't wait for a song. We, we don't wait for the fourth song. We don't even wait for the song that we like. We don't wait until the worship leader has to encourage us. I love this to be a church, that, 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 we, are so, that we are so ready to worship, that we, we are so passionate in our praise, that the worship team gets encouraged by what they see going on in the congregation. That, that the congregation is saying, come on, worship team, you, you, you got more than that. Come on, worship team, you got to praise a little bit harder. You're going to be left behind. 
come, come on, drum, you gotta, you gotta smash those things in a more anointed way because if you don't do that, then we're gonna, we're gonna be gone. Or is it just me? Or maybe you're a parent this morning. You feel like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't, maybe, maybe in 10 years. Give me 10 years. When the 30. <laughs> give, me, give me 10 years. I, I just don't have, I just don't have worship within me. I, I, I encourage you, when, when you, when you, even when you've got a, a moment between dropping the kids off once again, and it's Thursday afternoon, and you just really want it to be Saturday or, or Sunday. I actually don't know what day parents look forward to yet. When you've got that moment and that worship song comes on because you're being intentional by putting that into the CD player. And that worship song comes on. Let's be a people that just declare the goodness of God. That we say, yes, our spirit. We, we, as soon as we step into a time of worship, and as soon as we have an opportunity to worship, our spirit says, yes. This morning, if you got up before the crack of dawn like I did, I was, I was, I was sitting in, uh, and, I, and I was just watching as the, uh, I wasn't watching the sun come, come up because it was on the other side of the house, but as the, as, the, as, the, as the yard just got brighter and brighter, I just turned on some worship music. And I was like, yes, yes. And if that's you this morning, if that's you today and you feel like everything is a bit dim for you, let me, let me encourage you that as you worship, your spirit becomes brighter and brighter. So I just got a few in the, the five minutes and 16 seconds we've got less. I've got, I've, got, I've got seven things, but I want to leave you today with three things. I want to leave you with three sayings that I all want us to hold into. Then as soon as we have a moment or an opportunity or a time to worship, let's declare these things this morning. Amen. And the number, number one, I want us to declare, I will stand. I will stand. I'll, I'll be a person that when it comes to worship, I will stand. And there comes a time when every person must know what they stand for. A well-known saying is, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. Daniel was someone in the Bible who had to take a stand. He couldn't hold it off any, any longer. He was being pressured from all sides. But there came a point when he had an opportunity to worship and he decided, I will take a stand for what I believe in. That decree had been passed by the, by the people of the time, by, by the leaders of the, of the land. And Daniel was a leader himself, but they went behind his back and they did this. And they said that you can only worship the king. And he risked his life to stand for what he believed in. Daniel 6.10 tells us that the first thing he did when he heard the news, the first thing he did is that he went home and he did what he always did, which is he opened his, his, his doors facing Jerusalem. And three times a day he would do this and he worshiped the Lord so that everybody could see him. And he didn't even mind if anybody did see him. He said, I'm taking a stand. This is not right. I will not worship anything else. I am going to take a stand. You may have people that tell you that you shouldn't worship. What is this God thing all about? I don't know if you've been on Facebook. I, I say this quite a few, quite a, quite a bit, but if you've been on Facebook longer than five minutes, you probably have somebody tell you that church or God or all that stuff is just mumbo jumbo. I don't know if you've commented on anything political even slightly lately. I have not because I just do not want to be. Anyway, I'll leave that for next, the next election. <laughs> but there's just a saturation. There's just, there's just a, such a loud voice of people that said your worship, it doesn't matter. You may have people that tell you that your worship is a waste of time. You may have people that tell you that you're too spiritual. Anybody had, had that before? 
When, when somebody says to you, I, you know, come on, let's look at this realistically, or let's look at this, you know, let, let's weigh up all the facts. He said, I have weighed up all the facts, and in a few years, I'll be dead and gone. I'll be up in heaven, so I'm not going to waste my time just looking at all the facts in the moment when what we can do is ask God to intervene in this moment. Yes, we do need to display, you know, wisdom and all that sort of thing. Don't get me wrong. But there comes a point we need to take a stand. Let me tell you, you'll never come second by putting God first. And we can be so afraid. We can be so afraid about the opinions of other people or what, what, the, what the people on Facebook will say or what our friends will do or what our work colleagues will look at us when, we're, when we've got the worship music playing or when we're praying as we go about our day. But let me tell you that you'll never come second when you put God first in your life. It's so easy to be swept up and compromise the world. But let's take a stand, amen. Let's take a stand. Let's declare that every time that we come to worship together, you say, I'm going to take a stand right now for what I believe in. I'm going to take a stand for the truth that I know to be true. Number two, the second thing I want us all to declare is I will succeed. I will succeed. I don't know about you, but it's much easier to step out boldly when you know that you're already going to win. When I started dating Sophie, it was a wonderful time and uh, we were getting to know each other. But a few months into our relationship, we were dating and it was amazing. And I had swooned her. I had, I, had, I, had, I had dated her. I had celebrated her. I told her how pretty she is. I, I still do, by the way. I, I, I told her about wow, how, how incredible and what, what, she, what God was going to do. She's telling me this, but I'm not going to move on. I got 58 seconds and I'm going to invest into this moment. <laughs> I'd opened up my heart to her and to the point where, to be honest, she was practically begging me to propose to her. <laughs> just, just, just propose to me. I need you in my life. Whoa, oh girl, come on. Come on. <laughs> isn't, isn't that right, darling? You're shaking your head, but your spirit says yes. Come on. But you tell the truth, I mean, the, the couple of months leading up to getting married, I mean, we were talking about it openly, about when we were going to get engaged and what, what the future was going to look like and, you know, what we we're going to do and where we possibly could live and what it would look like and our dreams and kind of just got to that moment. But when I, when I did the thing, when I did the deed, when I got down on my knee looking over the greatest region that the world has ever known, up on some hill just looking over and it was beautiful, had some fear lights on, one of them fell over actually, it was not a great time. But I had no doubt that she was going to say yes. The victory was already assured. And we've got to know that when we come into worship, that our victory is already assured, church. There is victory in our worship. But before we even lift up the name of Jesus, let me tell you, 2,000 years ago, He died on the cross for our sins. And today, we don't, go, we don't fight for victory, we fight from victory. And two things happen when God's people begin to worship. Let me tell you, God rises, the Holy Spirit rises, and the enemy flees. God becomes more and the devil becomes nothing. Amen. The truth is we already have victory. We need to know that when we worship, we, are already, we're, we succeed. 
We succeed, not just in a physical sense. I'm not talking about that, but I'm saying in our spirits, we have success because success is already assured. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That tells me we've won. We have the victory in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? amen? Number three, the third thing I want us to say is I will sing. I will sing. We will be a church that sings. We will be a church that uses our vocal cords. A number of years ago, I was, I was leading worship in, uh, uh, for, uh, for Storm Camp. Anybody know a little of something called Storm Camp? Any young people? They're probably going to come to the next service because they're still sleeping. But... I'm not allowed to say that? Okay. But I was, leading, I was leading worship at storm camp and who knows when you go to a youth camp, all you're doing the whole time is shouting and yelling and just, it is going absolutely crazy. It was just a few hours of, many hours, a couple of days of just yelling, yelling, yelling. I was leading worship and I just spent, I remember coming back on the Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, and I was leading worship that night. And I was like, I went to Dino, who was my oversight at the time, Pastor Dino. If you don't know Pastor Dino, he's a, he's a living legend of this church, pastor now in Upper Hutt. And so I said to him, Dino, I can't sing. I, I literally had lost my voice. Anybody lost their voice before? You know, if when you lose your voice, it is not a good idea. And so he said, uh, he, he said to me, I don't really care that you can't actually sing tonight. If it's all you can do, just breathe into your mic. And so I, I spent that night just cracking highs. And I think Cody will remember that night. You remember that night? Because he still jokes about it this, to this day. Uh, and that's why I don't worship lead anymore. And he's, he's kicked me out. But, but I, was, I was cracking highs and I felt that I was 12 years old again. And, 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 I, and I couldn't really sing. And so like on that night, I was like, watch out, you know? But there was nothing in my, it was nothing in my breath. But he said, I don't care about that. If, even if you just have to breathe, just, just breathe into your mic. Psalm 150, it says, Praise the Lord, praise the God in the sanctuary. Praise Him, praise him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His active power. Praise Him for His super... So, praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. If you've been in church for 10 years, but you don't know what a lyre is, it's like a harp. Don't worry, you're not on your own. Verse 4, praise Him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with the strings and pipe. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with the resounding cymbals. Amen. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. You might say to me, I don't know how to play the trumpet. I, I didn't even know what a lyre is. I, I, I don't really want to dance because if I dance, people will leave the church. But, but you don't have to do all those things. But let me tell you what we can do, each and every single of us, each and every single one of us has the ability to do is use our vocal cords, use our mouth, use our words to praise the Lord. Come on, let me hear. Does somebody have breath to praise the Lord this morning? Come on, does anybody have breath to praise the Lord? You still have breath. Even if you don't have anything, you still have a, praise ah, ah, God. You still have your voice. But let me tell you, when we come to a time like this or through your week, whatever opportunity you have, whatever it may be, even if you just got a breath, God, I just love you. Use your breath. Use your voice. Let's be a church that decides before the worship even starts, I will sing. I will sing. 
Acts 16, 25, 26, tells about the story of Paul and Silas. They were thrown into prison. They didn't belong in there. It wasn't their fault, but they got thrown in, in anyway. And it says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the amazing thing is this next, ver, this, this next sentence, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Let me say that again. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They were using their breath. God. It was, it was about midnight. They've probably been praying and singing for, for a long time. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Let me tell you, when you sing, when you use your voice, it might not be doing anything to you. It might take a while to stir something in you. But let me tell you, there are other people who can hear the song that is coming out of your spirit. There are other people that are going to be blessed because of what you are singing. There are, there are other people that will be impacted for the decades to come because you made a decision. I'm not going to sit back. I'm not going to recline. I'm not just going to spectate, but I'm going to participate in what God is doing. I'm going to use my voice, not to just bless God, but to bless every person that can hear my voice. Can I get an amen? You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know what God can do when you just use your voice. It's the simplest thing. It's the easiest thing we can do. But let's not mitigate or push down the significance of what happens when we're obedient to God. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can comment, subscribe, or share it with your friends. For more information, visit us at lifechurchpn.co.nz. Have a blessed week.